Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, hello. It is Angie Austin with the good news. Thank you so much for joining us. We have uh, Dr. Joe joining us to talk good news and good health. And then, Dr. Joe, I've got uh, two of my friends who are very successful as well, Leah and Ross Schaefer. Ross was a late-night show host. I think he did the Tonight Show and some of the other shows. Like, he'd fill in. He's a comedian. Mm. And now he's a very successful international public speaker. And Leah is a gospel artist and singer, and she sings uh, the—you might recognize her if you go to Broncos games because she often sings uh, the national anthem Mm. at Broncos games. Awesome. And uh, she's a worship leader. And so we're going to talk to them about— an article I found, Dr. Joe, that really bothered me. It's about Cara Delvini. And the good news is we want to offer people with depression some hope, a glimmer of hope, and to stop hiding this if you have some issues mentally. And I know that you're very um, uh, all-encompassing in how you view health. It's not right. just like go to the gym. It's everything, including mental health. Exactly. And uh, Cara Delvini, who's the supermodel who dropped out of modeling for a while and also has been in numerous movies in her early 20s and stunning. As you, I mean, she's a supermodel, for goodness sakes. So she just came out with a new um, ad campaign, and people were like, well, I thought you retired from modeling. And she said, um, I suffer from depression, and I, um, I quit modeling when I was going through um, a dark time, um, in particular suffering from self-hatred. Mm-hmm. And she got so much pushback, and some of the responses underneath are like, um, oh, really? You know, you're a supermodel, and you're an actress. You know, you're good-looking. You're thin. You've got all this money, everything in the world. What do you have to be depressed about? And try working 70 hours a week to try to keep a roof over your head. And that, to me, is just an example of them not understanding that this can be chemical. Mm -hmm. And when they react like that, it keeps people in the closet with their depression (laughs) and not getting help. People People hurt people. And so that's the whole thing is that, and that's why we look at lifestyle and we look at, okay, how is your lifestyle affecting you? And obviously her expression and her thoughts of herself and what she saw when she looked in the mirror isn't healthy. And so I'm glad that she's helping others and doing something about it and to help get herself back on track. And, you know, she often has like a a sad face or not. She's not like upbeat, smiley, bubbly. And uh, I just admire her for being honest. So anyway, Leah, my friend Leah Schaefer, she came out in the Christian community after Robin Williams took his life. And she said, I just want to kind of let you know that I, too, have suffered from depression. Here's what I've done to get over the depression and to deal with it. Here's some of the steps I've taken. And we thought she'd get, like, hugs from the Christian world, and she didn't. It was not fuzzy. It's, it's people are funny. Let's just say that in the Christian world. And when you try to be honest, and, and sometimes, you know, God doesn't call us to be a pop- popularity contest. And so he calls us out to do something, and it's for us. 
and to give him give him the credit and we think oh everybody's gonna and not lots of times especially trust me when i talk about in what we do in our world it's not necessarily a popular message so interesting the truth hurts interesting truth hurts. well and i also think in terms of your world with you know health that you know, will go to church and time and time again i'll see situations where they talk about you know not gambling you know don't cheat on your wife don't drink too much alcohol don't do drugs and then we're all chunky monkeys sitting you know in the in the you know pews mm-hmm. um, ready to go to dunkin donuts to meet all our family after church you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I, and I think we don't see that also as some form of addiction or self-abuse or some, you know, something to that effect. We're just trying to hide the pain one way or another. Yeah, we're hiding the pain one way or the other. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about, this is not painful at all. So Leah and Ross Schaefer coming up later. And I'm really gl- happy to get them because Ross travels all over the world and it's good. it's hard to nail him down. He wants to talk about how a spouse yeah. handles, you know, dealing with a wife that's super depressed. You know, how about just dealing with a wife, period? <laughs> oh, really, Dr. Joe? God After bless 27 you, my years. friend. Because, because what's my number one goal this year? My The happiness and health of my wife. Not because anything's wrong, but again, what, what we, we're in April, right? I've had two days where I've had a hard time leaving the house of the whole month, of the whole year so far. Where I'm like, look, I need to make sure she knows she's loved, she's appreciated, she's more important than my job, more important than anything else. Right. So I intentionally pursue that yeah, each day. You're a busy guy. So you know, so if my wife's depressed, I take responsibility, not that to enable her, but like, okay. Or if my wife's not well, it's like, okay, what role am I playing in this? Mm-hmm. And how can I know that she's fully and, and unconditionally loved, and that she can do whatever she wants to do and have fun and be okay. So, I yeah, like that. I like that, too. And that's what uh, Ross is going to talk about, Good. supporting Good the man. spouse during these dark times. Not easy. Okay, let's talk about uh, these twins. They're just like, oh, about eight years old, and we call them the trumpet-playing twins, and sometimes I share good news just for the sheer sake of sharing a little fun. Here are the trumpet-playing twins. Can I have kids like that? I mean, how cool would that be to be their parents? Yeah, when they're in tune. <laughs> I play the trumpet. The first few years are rough. So, yeah, really? no, but I'm, really of course, you know, we want them just playing like that from the start. But yeah, it, right. it takes a lot of practice. But, yeah, it's just, how can you not start tapping your toe and swinging? Oh, I you know. know. Moose was, like, night. dancing and clapping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Have a little church in here. Exactly. Well, and I like the idea, too, of encouraging your kids. Like, my husband kind of comes down to me a little bit because I'm letting the kids try so many sports. Yeah. Because he's like, well, they're already outstanding in swimming. They're already, right. like, you know unbelievable swimmers so they need one sport i'm like what if he's really great at baseball what if hopes you know hope's gonna be over six feet tall my husband's six six what if she's a great basketball player what if she likes volleyball better and so he kind of gives me a a little bit of flack that i don't just i just stick with swimming no let them choose yes they're great at it but what if they're great at something else they like more you know there's that's a whole pandora's box because me i'm like Listen, I'd rather drive to one practice than to five practices a week. I don't care how many I and, drive to. And, and and at a certain age, I will tell you, in the world we live in today, there's a certain age, fifth grade, sixth It depends on the sport. Yeah. You have to decide. Because yeah. Because if you, you can't be okay at everything, and then, you know, so I, I see both 
fights. But you need to know why you don't want. But 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 by playing other sports, you become a better athlete, and a better athlete then makes you a better yes. swimmer. Yes, so because in soccer, you know that he's yeah, exactly. in, he's uh, let's see, there's a seven, eight, and ten, and they all just started soccer. You know, they right. took it when they were like four, but right. we haven't taken it in a while. And I was stunned at how good my son was because I was like, oh, he's going to flop at this right. because he, but he's so fit yeah. that he can run up and down the field and run circles around the kids that you know have been sitting at uh, you know Fort. What is she, yeah. what does Beatrice call it? Fort Living Room. Yeah. Fort Living Room. Yeah, because she's a drill sergeant. Right. She said, I'll get all these boys from Fort Living Room. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so he was actually really good at it, which right. surprised me a little bit. But what happened to the days, Dr. Joe, like when we were in high school and you could do, you know, you did all three of the sports right. throughout the year. You know, you, maybe you did swimming or, you know, or football and then you did baseball, you did basketball. Now it's like they start so young that, right. like you said, by fifth grade, if you haven't started, then you're left behind. Yeah, it's getting very competitive. I mean, so why, what is your purpose for playing sports? I mean, I have this talk with my son. He's a freshman in high school. He says, Dad, I'm thinking about going for wrestling. I said, okay. And here's just, okay, what's our goal? Scholarships, college, right? Well, I told him there's no money in wrestling. If you have a passion and you want to go do this no matter what, go for it. But if you think by wrestling somehow it's going to get you a college guy, what's, what's the end? What do you want to see your son right. or daughter good at, point. Good point. at at 18? Yeah. If it's the Olympics, then guess what? You need to start now and figure out what it takes to be that person at 18, 19, 20 years old, yes. whether they're 8, 9, or 10, because it, it doesn't just happen by itself. So there are a lot of athletes, you know, volleyball players, baseball players, who become a one-sport yes. athlete yes. because that's what the world or the market yeah. You know, looks spot. I mean, I, I hear a lot of these kids, you know, and a lot of these kids, you know, let's say they want to play ba basketball in eighth grade and they haven't just, that's the hard part. They had never picked up a basketball. They just right. want to go play at eighth grade. My, my nephew just started football in ninth right. grade and he's actually getting approached by Berkeley and several other schools, which is unusual. Right. It just all depends on the, on the individual child, what their passions are, what their desires are. You know, I have a lot of uh, I have friends whose uh, sons and daughters were great athletes. And I said, did you ever have to push them? to go to practice they said no they pushed us to get them to practice really? on time so i kind of learned as far as pushing my kids into different things and stuff like that Interesting. and so it's just all depends on what you want as a family to decide on what how god has made these individual children and if they have a passion and they have the gifting then just kind of take it one year at a time and see where it's at so they don't burn out but you have to yes. know what what's the end goal is this going to end up in a college scholarship is this going to end up in the olympics fine then let's make sure we're let's not have a dream and a goal but not understand the sacrifice it takes right. to get there because if you have a great swimmer you don't want to go out be playing lacrosse and get hit in the knee and then you can't swim Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of look at what you really want to do. And if it's like, hey, I don't care, then fine, play all the sports. Well, and you mentioned the driving. that Some parents are deterred um, from taking their kids to lots of different sports because of the <laughs> driving, et cetera. And I know that can get crazy. But our family, we really like doing the sports on the weekends. Like as a family, we we all go to the swim meets, you know, sometimes right. even the grandparents. And we had soccer for five hours on Sunday and so we go to church Saturday night, and then we sit there, you know, for five hours at the field because you've got to divide up with all the kids. Right. And they do have this really cool league. I don't know if they had it when your kids were really little, I-9. Okay. And so you do the practice and the game back-to-back -back on the same day, so you only go once a yeah. week. And I like that. And, it, by the way, the, the main goal is fun. Right. The second goal is to learn the sport. Right. And the third goal, I can't remember what it was. but it has, And they're really strict about snacks. parents getting snacks nasty. Oh, Everybody I, gets I hate the snacks. Snacks. 
they got an orange this time and I saw my son toss it to his sister because he didn't want it and it fell on the ground and I walked over and I said really you think that mom that gave you an extra snack because you're not on the team that she feels good about you whipping the orange on the ground or whatever and he goes it was an accident and I'm like I know you I know you don't want to eat it they that's what I don't get why do you play sports and then your snack isn't celery and an orange and a cheese stick your snack is um, like my daughter got two things of cookies and a Gatorade two bags of cookies and a Gatorade because on TV and and everything else in media, they say if you give your child or if you eat this, you will express yourself in a better way. You will be just like the model on TV. So we buy it thinking we're, that it's going to produce what it is. I'm you know, afraid to bring something healthy because I'll be booed or they'll throw you, celery that, sticks that, well, at me. That's I'll be thing, like the then. crummy mom. That's oh, okay. you know, their mom brings carrot yeah. sticks and rice cakes. Yeah, she's the good news on the radio, but she's a she's the downer here. <laughs> Well, and the thing is I've learned about a lot of these sports is while the child's out playing, the mom can sit, or the dad can sit down, they can read a book, they have their friends That's and true. they talk and so yeah, it's kind of like walk. it make yeah, so it makes the you it's it's like a forced timeout. Yeah. That the child's exercising and playing and the kid the coaches the coaches in charge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of moms reading. I'm the only mom that yeah. walks during swim team Yeah, practice, five 5-hour babysitter. Make the most of it. Sit there, get your work done, write a book, whatever it is, you know, have a date on the, you know, have a picnic there with your family. Right. So make it a family event. So it's that's what fun. I, Yeah. So a lot that's part of the growing to practice is sometimes a mom has that hour to check out where it's like, okay, the coach is in charge of my kid. He gets hurt, it's on him that's a good or her. Point. I never thought yeah. about that. So it just it depends on how you work it. And again, has to be a family plan. Has to be a war plan. You can't wing this and get yourself stressed out. You have to. If you have that child, who and that's why I told. I had the conversation with with my 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 kids too. I'm like, Doctor okay. Joe's got four kids. I've got three. Yeah, and Moose's you, wife wants like nineteen kids in counting. So if, I can't if even. If you imagine. want to play that sport, we're, we cannot participate. So you'll we'll we'll get you rides there. We'll get you rides back. We'll support you. Well, financially, but we're just there's four of us here, and so. You know, we have to make a team family decision on, okay, understand you may, if you travel with this team, you may be like, like, well, my sons wanted to do judo. Great. He got on the bus and went to Dallas and came back and he liked wow. that. Wow. So it's like, look, we're going to make sure you're safe. But realize mommy and daddy's not going right. to be at all your events. Yeah, with four kids going to all the different events, even with three, and mine are so close in age you, that— You just can't. Ugh. And so, and lots of times parents feel guilty. Okay, yeah. and they stress themselves out. They stress the family out, and they're, they're never home. So it all depends on what's best yeah, for the family. Yeah, it family plan is a good way to and, put it. And how to do it, yeah. Or you have an event coming up. I want to make sure I give you some time to chit-chat before yes. we uh, talk, tackle our depression topic and uh, and that, that whole article about Cara Delvini, yeah. actress and model, coming out about depression and then getting totally dogged on social media, for being honest. We're going to talk about health. And it's all-encompassing with Dr. Joe. It's not just uh, the physical. It's not just the workout and the food. It, it's all. It's your sleep. It's uh, it's your, your spine. It's your um, nutrition. It's everything. Because all of it can manifest into different forms of expression, whether you're overweight and you don't like it, whether you're depressed, whether you're not sleeping well, whether you're, all of that, it's it's not just, it doesn't just happen. There's reasons. There's cause and effects of the way your body's expressing itself. And so what you eat does matter. And what you put into your body does matter. And so we're having a workshop on May the 7th. That's a Saturday at 9.30 in the morning at our office, at our newly remodeled, awesome, amazing office, may I say. Cool. And it's called Nutrition 101. And so what does nutri- uh, what does nutrition, why is it so hard? What, why, when I try everything, am I still missing the boat? Because my body, I'm still not losing weight. I'm still moody. I still have pain. I'm still too, I don't, I'm too busy to be healthy. Um, you know, my hormones are out of balance. Well, there's a direct 
cause and effect on what we put in our body. But the problem is, like we talked about the Gatorade and stuff, they're promising if you're tired, drink the Gatorade. Well, Gatorade has ingredients that can make you tired and can make you depressed and make you lose sleep. So we're kind of getting all these mixed messages. So I want to show you the and simple. the message is that that's healthy. It's crazy the yeah, messages it, we get. And, and, but yet people are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. They're gaining weight. Their, their performance is going down. So I want to show you the truth of how to literally save yourself, save your family, and get healthy through using food and knowing how to apply it so you can express yourself through better grades, through losing weight, through better sleep, better relationships. And so all you have to do is call me at 303-349-6011, and we can make it happen. Number again? 303-349-6011. Love the trumpet playing twins. They are so awesome. All right, stick around. We're going to talk to Leah and Ross Schaefer, Hollywood couple. He's been on TV. He's an international speaker. He's done late-night television. She's a gospel singer. She sings for the Broncos, the national anthem. But they're going to be really open. She is in particular about depression. And we've got to stop hiding this, and we have to take the stigma away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the good news. Well, I don't necessarily think this is good news, but we have to talk about it because I believe that there is a stigma attached with depression that really keeps people from seeking help. I've had three girlfriends whose husbands have taken their lives and they did not open up about the depression because society doesn't treat it like a cold or like the flu. They treat it like, oh, depression. So Cara Delvini is an actress who opened up about her depression and I was so stunned by the nasty comments underneath uh, the article about her admitting that she suffers from depression. And I sent it to a girlfriend of mine who's also been very open about depression. Uh, They are joining me. I say they because it isn't just Leah Schaefer. It's also Ross Schaefer. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hi, Angie. All right. So we invited Ross as well to talk a little bit about how a spouse deals with depression because sometimes it's difficult and some people just turn away. And so um, I wanted to say, uh, Cara Delvini, as you both know, has been in numerous movies. She's considered a supermodel. She stopped modeling. And then a new picture came up because she's in this Yves Saint Laurent campaign. And so people said, wait, I thought you retired from um, for modeling. And she said very openly, um, I suffer from depression. And I was modeling during a very dark period of my life. And after that, she by, by the way, she also said, and a particularly rough patch of self Hatred. Oh, open the floodgates. How could she possibly de- be depressed if, you know, she's wealthy and she's in movies and she's a supermodel and she has a perfect figure? So the comments, as you know, Leah, were nasty. And before I let you guys speak, I also want to say, Leah, you are kind of an example similar to this in my mind. Because when people look at you, whether you want to admit it or not, you're beautiful. You're, you and your husband are very successful. You're a singer. Your husband's been on TV. He's had game shows, a comedy career, late night television. Yeah, he, now he's a very successful public speaker. If people look at you two from the outside, they think you have it all, which you do. So for some reason, people think then you can't suffer from depression because they don't get it. Right, right. And I think it's just so important to realize that you you can't help it. And it is a chemical it's a chemical imbalance, you know, and just like if you have a heart issue, you have to take heart medicine or whatever it may be. And I think just really coming um, to accept the fact that, you know, I needed help and I needed to uh, get help and maybe and get on medication to balance it. And there's nothing to be shameful about at all. And my husband supported me a hundred percent. And it got to a point where it was affecting our marriage and it's debilitating. And he, he had to be my rock and really step in 
to say, babe, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed and I'm here for you and, you know, let's get help together. When you mentioned the chemical imbalance part of it, I think that a lot of people just think it's a decision to be depressed. And those are generally generally people who haven't had, uh, you know, suffered from a clinical depression or chemical depression. Yes, there is a situational where you go through something really difficult, like a loss or a divorce, and it's just surrounding that situation. But when it gets into a deep, dark depression where you feel no hope, you need professional help. And I just want people to know that there's nothing wrong with that. And so when you opened up about this right after... Robin Williams took his life because that shocked the world. You said, look, I want to open the door and come out of the closet per se on this topic and say, I too have suffered from depression, but it didn't go over so well. And you're both very strong Christians. So I thought, oh, people are just going to cuddle up to you and hug you and envelop you in love. But that wasn't necessarily the case. Yeah. No, do you want to say anything? Well, sure. I, I, I don't, uh, um, I, I don't suffer from depression. I get sad, like you were talking about with regard to situations. Uh, but with Leah and I, we've been together for 17 years, uh, I could tell, I mean, you, you notice when someone's not feeling right. And I think it's often misinterpreted sometimes as, uh, as a person who might feel victimized by life. Uh, they don't, sometimes don't want to get out of bed. They don't eat. And it's, it's not that at all. And so we kind of figured out uh, a system where I could identify that she was going through one of those times. And you just have to behave differently because there didn't seem to be anything that that could be done or or quick fixed about it. So to your point, when Leah said, you know, I I have kind of kept this hidden because uh, it's not good for quote unquote image. Um, And she said, but there are a lot of people that are hurting from this. Maybe it would be helpful if I just told other people or talked to other people about what it is that I do to deal with it. And it it wasn't cuddly. In fact, it, it it. uh, it had the reverse effect, which was shocking to us. It's like their society has no empathy for this condition. Right. So just like being a worship leader, you know, um, you have to be up there and, you know, be perfect and be strong and, and struggling with depression does not mean you're a weak person at all. No, oh, absolutely not. At all. And if anything, people want real and relatable people. And I felt like after Robin Williams and after the loss of Rick Warren's son of suicide, I just felt like even especially as a worship leader to be open about it. That way other people, maybe I'm self saving a life that way. And instead, you know, a few people within the ministry looked down upon that and maybe thought I wasn't in a position to be, you know, stable or in that so-called role. And in my opinion, I felt like I was exactly where I should be. But, you know, God has a plan. I agree. God has a plan. But, um, you know, speaking of the Christian community, you know, after the loss of my brother, I went to see a therapist and I'm very open with the fact that I felt that I needed medication. When, you know, you were stripped of somebody at the age of 32, uh, you know, what? and it's a murder, you are grasping for answers. And uh, one of my friends said to me, and I'll never forget this, she said, well, you're a Christian, so hopefully when your faith gets, you know, strong enough, you won't have to take medication for depression. (laughs) That's an awful thing to say to somebody. And I don't think she meant it to be mean. She meant it to be like, God will save you from this. And we're not saying um, that you don't, um, that God can't help you through this. Of course the Lord can. But the Lord doesn't say when you're having a heart attack, just sit down and pray. He he gives us measures. 
You know, he gives us, if you've fallen off of a building and you've lost a limb, he doesn't say, just pray it will reattach itself. Right. Like you're supposed to go to someone and have a professional reattach it. Like you're not supposed to just try to fix it by yourself. Well, so, I, I know a lot of bald men who pray for more hair. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is one thing you do not to Ross Schaefer have to pray about. Tell me about it. <laughs> All right. So people are just joining us. We're talking about depression. Uh, Leah Schaefer and Ross Schaefer, um, they had their Hollywood lives and they moved uh, to Colorado. I got to know them, and Leah was very open about her depression with me and her testimony as Christians, and she's a worship leader. Um, when um, I shared this Cara Delvini article with you, again, supermodel and actress who said, hey, I'm back in modeling, and her tweet was, I suffer from depression and was a model during a particularly rough patch of self-hatred. Now, this girl is stunning. So here, here's one comment that was particularly troubling to me, and many of them were negative under the article. Um, but this guy wrote, wealthy, well-connected family, Kara, introduced to modeling by your mother, never had to work a day in your life, parents paid for your education, cars, etc., but claiming you were depressed, well, poor thing. Wait until you have to work 70 hours a week just to be able to keep a roof over your head and feed yourself. Then you can complain about depression. The real reason for this article that hasn't been mentioned is that she's being overshadowed by newer and younger models, and she's not that good as an actress. So she's doing anything she can to get back in the media gaze. Now, I realize that uh, the internet and social media can be particularly vicious because we're real tough when we're hiding behind the anonymity of a computer. But I feel like many of these comments show the way society feels about depression, especially if you look like Kara or like you, Leah, to be honest, that people just feel like, what do you have to be depressed about? Your husband's successful. You have a beautiful home. You have everything. So we come back to that where people just think it's a choice that obviously, and as we read through the comments, that they think that it's a choice. Yes. And I think those kind of people are just angry people. And, you know, you're going to get those people that bash you no matter what you do. I mean, what you wear, what you say, what you struggle with. And you just you just can't, you know, make everybody happy. All You know, I just realized um, after kind of stepping away from the ministry just for a little while so I could focus on my family and and just make sure that I was in a good place. um, I just realized I can just be who I am and be real and. God will use that as he will. And if, you know, he chooses to use that to bless other people and they can relate with me and I can help anyone in any way, then, you know, I'm good with that. And it is hard being in entertainment, though, as you know, um, you, you're going to get a lot of criticism and you have to have a pretty thick skin to handle it. Yeah, Angie, you remember that when you were in broadca- television broadcasting, that, that people would call the front desk at your station and say, what did Angie do to her hair today? <laughs> why did she Why did she think she can wear that color? Yeah. Wait, my favorite, Ross, was um, the email I received when I was doing weather, and it said, are you pregnant again or just eating too many cookies? What is wrong? So then oh. when I wrote back and I said, both. Thank both. you for hosting. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, I think that – you know, I was very, very involved with Celebrate Recovery. And I think, you know, um, you do need to pick some safe people to open up to. I will say that. I learned that lesson. Oh, good. And because not everyone that says they're going to pray for you is going to pray for you. And they, they go to their friends like, oh, you know, Leah, she's just, you know, she's having a hard time. You know, she has everything. And I don't know what she's complaining about. But bless her heart. Let's pray for her. Yeah. Like, you have to have safe people to share with that you feel comfortable when you're in that in that pit of despair or, you know, where you feel like the hope is really hard to reach. Um, you have to have safe people to talk to. Yes. And like, that was my husband and that was you and that was certain people. And, 
and other people I thought were safe and they weren't. And it was very hurtful, but you know, that's the enemy. He, he knows how to definitely attack and bring you down, especially when you're struggling with something like depression. Well, Rossi, you, you mentioned that you saw some signs in her where she was just not really feeling herself when you prompt her to get some help. And Leah, you mentioned professional help and that you um, have, you know, turned to medication, which Pastor Moreland, one of my regular guests, he says time and time again, as Christians, we have to stop, you know, seeing this, putting a stigma on uh, this and get the help that we need. So I want to talk about how you feel when you know you're starting to feel depressed. Like what are the signs you recognize? And then Ross, I want to talk about how you help her through that or what you see as well. Well, I will say that um, when we were first married, I tried medication. I got off of it, which was not smart because I was afraid at that time to admit that I needed medication. It was kind of looked down upon. And I'll be honest with you, just recently, within the past couple months, I just started back on something. And I mean, already he's like, oh, my gosh, you're happier. Um, Whatever life throws my way, it's not this extreme you know, anger or low, low, low. It's I'm a lot more even and a better mom and just everything. I can handle life a little bit better as far as like my emotions go. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, what, what do you want to say about it, babe? Well, no, I think, uh, I, I think there are some signs that almost uh, every person who suffers from depression that you can watch for if you're paying attention to your spouse or someone that, that you care about. Uh, energy goes down activity level goes down. You don't feel like even even picking up a blouse or a shirt off the floor. Um, appetite goes down. Uh, not getting ready or wanting to get ready to go somewhere is, is a big deal or saying, oh, let's, not, let's, let's stay in tonight and not go out to a, rest, a restaurant. Those kinds of things that are not typical of, of a person's personality are pretty easy to identify. And then uh, you should not say, what's wrong with you? Come on, go get dressed. Come on. what's the matter? It doesn't help. Yeah, I've come across uh, many a times of being maybe flaky. Um, ah. It's just because I, and it's not that I'm flaky. I just, I really was not up for getting ready to go out and be social. And I really couldn't help it. Well, and I think it helps so much too, Leah, when you are honest with your friends and you say that this is something that you deal with. I think we're much more understanding when we have plans or something with you and you're just honest. And you've you've told me before, you just really don't want to put on makeup and go out. And I, I can relate to that. I think that when I've um, had, you know, my times where I dealt with depression in, in particular, you know, through over losses in my family that uh, I felt it very distinctly that I feel like each day is a marathon and you can barely get through each day. And that the idea of all of your responsibilities, like Ross said, like putting, you know, on makeup, not that he does, but you do, uh, you know, and getting, you know, getting, getting ready, getting dressed, looking presentable um, and just getting out of the house, you know, dreading social engagements and, and having to go to them, even though you might have a good time when you get there. But I saw each day as a marathon and getting Getting through all the kids' sporting events or any other thing that you had to do was very overwhelming. Yes. You know, they, they say, and when I say they... Could, <laughs> the experts. Yeah, <laughs> it could be your, could be your friends. It, it may be uh, people who are trying to give you some help. They say, oh, well, get some exercise. You know, it, they are right uh, about the exercise because it changes your body chemistry. And that's, that's the issue with uh, depression or alcoholism or even um, uh, what's happening with cholesterol. And if you can identify that that is the problem, there is a chemical imbalance, and that there is something that will help you, what's the risk? 
Right. It, it, it's people, I think, have this, like Leah said, a stigma about how oh, I have to take this medication the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Well, some people do. My my brother um, has uh, has a condition where he has to take some some medication every day. And if he does not, it changes the way his mind works. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with medication is after a short time, you feel pretty good. You think, yes. I, don't th- I don't think I need that medication anymore. And it all it became a, a, a deadly uh, situation with my brother when he was not on his medication and he passed out and shouldn't have, uh, he shouldn't have been driving. So he, he now for the last 10 years has kept taking it every day. You know, it's interesting you say that because my brother that's no longer with us had schizophrenia. And so he'd start feeling well on the medication, better, more normal, not having the episodes. And then he would stop taking it and then have like full-blown episodes. And um, again, that's a prime example of there's something different going on with your brain chemistry that the medication can help get on track. So Leah, in terms of people getting to that point where they're embarrassed to tell people that they're feeling hopeless they're feeling like maybe life isn't worth going on. Like I mentioned, three of my girlfriends lost their spouses and they definitely didn't know that their husbands were in that place. The husbands definitely did not open up to that degree. They knew something was a little off or they were a little sad, but they had no clue that it was to that point. Uh, So what would you say to someone who's feeling low? You mentioned something very important, I think, especially as a Christian, celebrate recovery. A lot of people may not realize that there is a 12-step program uh, for people um, who are Christians who really want to get help. Yeah, I think, you know, know, the hard part is, is when you are in that low, 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 you you don't even want help because you just don't even know how to have the energy to even go get help. You know, so it is so important to have like you have a spouse or a brother or sister or whatever that you think is even remotely struggling. You really do have to step in um, and, you know, help them make that first step. Um, But if you're alone and you don't, you know, I mean, you really have to just find some kind of strength to reach out and make that phone call and get help and have other people you can relate to that really understand and surround yourself with those that that just get it, you know, because there's different levels. Yes, that's a a very important point, different levels. Like sometimes when I work out, I just feel better, like you mentioned, Ross. But Leah, you shared on Facebook some of the things that you do in order to, it's not just medication, there are several other lifestyle things you can do. And I feel like... um, like it, let's say it's 10 parts in my life that I do to keep myself healthy. You know, I walk five miles a day. I take certain su- supplements. They say omega-3 is very helpful for your brain and vitamin D. And so I do like all of these 10 things. And you also have a routine that keeps you generally healthy um, in addition to um, medication at times. Cause, so can you share some of those things that you do to help get yourself on the right track? Yeah. You know, one of the big things that caused my depression was my celiac disease. So I think also going and get blood work done to make sure like, you know, what it is that's maybe causing that imbalance. Um, and just understanding how to eat for my body type and just really being health conscious. And, um, you know, I drink my shakes every day. I take all my vitamins that's right for me. And that helps a lot. And then, um, like you said, the omegas and things that are right for you. But I would say you really go to a doctor to get blood work done to find out what's causing that imbalance to begin with. Um, and right. don't, don't just go to some doc, like a psychiatrist or something and have them prescribe you. Like you, it really is a two-step thing where it's your, your health and, and then possibly medication. You know, uh, it's so 
typical, and people would think nothing of going to the doctor to get an Ambien or some kind of a sleeping pill. Right. Uh, but because they can't sleep. Well, that's a disorder. That's that's something that's uh, that you need to to control. Why would it be different with a depression medication? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm also perplexed by that, and I I've made such a point over the last I'd say five years of being in radio of bringing this up time and time again to hopefully someone listening. And I did receive an email once of a woman who was suicidal, and she said after hearing from my friend who'd lost her husband, she was making a call right after that to, to get help because she saw from the other side what you leave behind the damage and the pain. And so if people, you know, if we can lift that stigma and make people feel less embarrassed by it, and you don't have to. You don't have to put it on Facebook like Leah did. We're not asking you to put it on Facebook. We're just saying be be open about it enough to, you know, seek help if you need it. And Leah, you're also a beautiful singer. Ross is a speaker. By the way, Ross, you are so good. When I've watched your videos, like, I'm sorry, speaking videos are usually super boring, but you are so talented and so funny. I can see why you're so successful because a lot of speakers stink and you do not. (laughs) Good. Angie, I'm going in the category of... People who don't stink. <laughs> yeah, I can do promos for you if you want. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Leah, how do we how do we find both of you? Leah, how do we find your music? Okay, I won't say www anymore. Because <laughs> you may, but it's just leahshafermusic.com. And you, Ross? Rossshafer.com. And it's very difficult to spell. So it's we, ours is the easiest. S-H-A-F-E-R. Uh, and I, or go on YouTube. We're, we're all over YouTube. Excellent. Well, you're both a real blessing. And thanks for talking about what some people consider to be a tough topic that's a little bit taboo. And, uh, you know, as Christian friends, I um, I find you both to be a big blessing to me. So thank you. Can I, can I say one last thing? You. Yes, you may. Okay. This is this is to the, the guys. You, you um, mentioned the three husbands that you, or what husbands of women you know and why they did that. Leah mentioned it earlier and so did you, but I'd just like to reinforce it for the, the fellows out there that they, there's an awful lot of pressure, uh, it seems. It's self-imposed pressure on men to be successful, to make a living, to be the superman in the family. And if you are suffering from depression, that is a, that is a, that's a terrible trigger for emotions and actions. It's why when the stock market crashes, men jump off buildings. Right. Uh, they commit suicide. Aubrey McClendon, who uh, formed the Chesapeake, uh, he taught everybody how to frack for oil and so forth, drove, mm-hmm. drove his uh, car at 80 miles an hour into a bridge. And this was a this was a billionaire. So no amount of money, no amount of success can overcome depression. So for loved ones who are associated with these men who might, or you don't even know if they're suffering from depression, be a safe harbor. Be, be a person who can talk to them about anything and, and be uh, a partner who says, you know, whether you're successful or not, I'm, I want to be with you. So if we run into a, a roadblock of any kind, let's talk about it. Let's let's uh, not make this a life or death decision for that man. Yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure on men. I agree. And uh, so much of it is tied to, you know, career and success. So being a safe harper as a spouse is a great idea. Thank you both, Ross and Leah Schaefer. Love you guys. Love you too. Thank you. Thanks, Angie. We'll be right back with the good news. 
Welcome back. All right, being a good friend. Let's be honest. We Friends are so important. But to have good friends, you really need to be a good friend. And one of my friends, Robbie Yopes, just knows how to be a good friend. She's an <laughs> author and a speaker. And Robbie, I've seen you walk this out with a mutual friend of ours who mm-hmm. is sick. And you don't just say, oh, I know you're um, you know, dealing with cancer for the third time. And call me if you need anything. You don't just say you're available. You are available to take her to chemo. You don't just say you're there if they need something. You actually do something and you are available and you do come through. So many people just say, let me know if you need anything. Sometimes they're so sick and especially with our friend, she hasn't been able to talk at times. So you have to really uh, put it into action and sometimes people can't ask and I've seen you put your friendship into action. Oh, well, thank you, Angie. I see the same thing in you and it's very important if you're going to be a friend and, you know, we can't be a great friend to everyone. No, and that's ridiculous. But to choose a few individuals that you just naturally jive with right it's important to be a friend and that means in crisis you don't wait for them to ask you you don't say what can i do for you you suggest hey can i bring this over can i do this i'm going to do this and you just put it in a different way many many people who are well-meaning friends say what can i do for you to someone who's in crisis and the last thing they want to do is make a list of what you right. can do for yeah. them and you can suggest like meal trains setting up friends to bring meals yes. you can um, you know send over a movie and mm-hmm. you know a little snack bucket i mean they're just um babysitting dog sitting while they're going to the hospital pet sitting you know yes. whatever they're just think endless of, yes think of things that are like real life things that might be, uh, you know, in in the case of our friend, a sick person might not be able to do. And also, I feel like you don't make it about you. It's not like, and by the way, everybody on Facebook, look how great I am. And look at all the things I'm doing for my friend. Well, I think um, that is just something that a lot of people, unfortunately, really want the kudos for doing something nice. Well, when it's your friend, it's part of the deal. It's not about getting um, applause from anyone else. It's just about, and you have to really think, okay, you know, I know that if anything, God forbid, it happens to me and I get into crisis, which will probably happen sometime. I know that some people are going to be there for me without wanting to put it on Facebook or say, oh, look at me. I'm helping Robbie simply because I've done it for them. Right. Okay, what else? What else do you think is important in being a good friend? Well, the third thing that I'm thinking today is it's really important not to be possessive. Oh, of the friend. Like, I'm doing all this. Nobody else Nobody else needs to do anything for you. I, I, I'm your good friend. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I, I always say this. I think that women, especially on social media, it makes us be almost junior high-ish. And we see our friends having friends, having other friends, having good time. And we think, wait, that's my friend. Why was I invited? Why why aren't I everything in her life? And that is just so immature. Yes, because all those party pictures get posted now and then people post underneath like, oh, you look like you're (laughs) having so much fun. When, When was this? Was Did my, my invitation get lost, get lost in, the mail? in the mail? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. And it's it takes a moment to say, wait, I'm going to rejoice and have have a wonderful cheerlead her on and not be possessive that, oh, it's all about me again. 
I really love important. that. It seems like such a simple thing, but it's surprising how many people get jealous oh. that friends have other friends or they're not the most important friend. Ab- and absolutely. Re- recently, I was at a big outing and well, it wasn't a big, it was a big outing for our family, but it was just one other family and uh-huh. they'd invited us to their ranch and I was so mm. blessed by it. And we had a great three day weekend and they spoiled us rotten and we did all, you know, they had all these activities planned for us at the ranch. And cool. then when I posted it, one of the other moms on the playground was like, I, I saw you at the ranch. I, I've never been to the ranch. Was it fun? And I'm like, <laughs> she, goes, she said it really, it really looked fun. And then I felt like, oh no, I kind of put my friend in a pinch because I put all these great pictures up, and like other friends were like, oh, why don't we ever get to go to the, the oh, ranch? No. So yeah, let's let's rejoice in our other friends having other friends and just exactly. be, be happy that they're so loved. And that's why we love them, obviously, because they're so wonderful. Just like you, Robbie Yopes, your website, Robbie. RobbieYopes.com I-O-B-S-E Thank you, Robbie. You're my friend. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.